This is Healing Justice Podcast, bridging conversations at the intersections of collective healing and social change. My name is Kate Werning, and I am the creator and host of this virtual practice space. You are listening to our first episode ever, which is very exciting. And starting now, each week, we are sharing a conversation with a powerful leader and an accompanying audio practice that you can use at home or with your people to help resource you in your leadership and the well-being of you and your peeps as we work together for social justice. This podcast vision has been an incubation and conversation in community for about a year. But the work of healing justice comes from many places, and I come from places too. So in this first episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about why this podcast, Why Now?, Um, what it aims to do, a little bit of the context and ecology in which this podcast project sits, and also some ways that you can be involved. So this is a little more of an intro episode, and starting after this, you'll hear conversations and practices every week. So what does healing justice mean? I surveyed folks over the past year about what terminology can hold the complex intersection for them of social change, power shift, organizing, collective care, sustainability, and spirituality for them. And so many people resonated with this term, including many folks who had never heard it before, but felt in their bodies some knowing about what it means. And so you might associate more with the word justice in this phrase, working for change in our world. You might associate yourself more with the word healing and what it takes to be well and ground ourselves and be resilient together. But this particular term, healing justice, comes from a place and comes from a couple places. Most recently, the work of Kara Page and Kindred Southern Healing Collective, the 2010 U.S. Social Forum Healing Justice Practice Space in Detroit and beyond. It also comes from its centrality in the Black Lives Matter movement. It comes from Quaker projects and other campaigns to reform the criminal justice system and prison abolition work. I'm sure it comes from many more places that I don't know about yet. And I'm sharing resources about some of these histories in the show notes, because if you're like me and are obsessed with this intersection, um, you should absolutely read more about them. There's also more information on our website, healingjustice.org. And our aspiration here is to feature conversations with many of the folks who have been doing this work for a long time, both to honor their wisdom and learn from their experience. And we are not creating something new here, but joining in an age-old lineage of peoples who have known that the inner and outer work of transformation is inseparable. This is an invitation to make our movements healing, to heal the broken places in the way that we work for social justice, and to welcome in our bodies, hearts, and minds to lead us in our activism. We will be talking about all of this and more together and interviewing some of the folks who have really been doing amazing healing justice work 
about how they are incorporating these values into their daily work for change and how we might learn from them and spread that work into our movements and our communities. And so for me, this project is really the fruit of the past decade of community organizing and experiencing in myself and my fellow activists a fierce leadership for social change that is liberatory and empowering in an incredibly critical piece of responding to our own trauma and the trauma of one another. But this past decade for me has also been characterized by burnout, rage that has become directed not only at systems of oppression and injustice, but also at one another, infighting and social media takedowns, loneliness, physical and mental health challenges, and the traumas of internalized oppression and direct structural and economic violence. Through doing organizing training work and listening to so many social justice leaders that affirm this need around more support, I've spent the past three years talking to people all over the country at the intersection of doing powerful healing and trauma work and also working for social change to transform the conditions that cause that trauma in the first place. I am here personally because I have experienced organizer burnout in my work in the immigrant rights movement. My workaholism and sense of manic over-responsibility made me get sick all the time. My immune system was totally shot. I was becoming a rigid and uncreative leader. And there were years where I wasn't even breathing fully. I would take these big sighs, like in between long periods of not really breathing, even when I was hanging out at home with my partner or my family. And I realized that as I was trying to invite more and more people into this work for social change, I also was not really modeling something that was very inviting. <laughs> um, if you're noticing that somebody is having a hard time breathing in the work that they're in, it's not exactly the warmest invitation. And so feeling very undersupported and overworked, I had an increasingly hard time incorporating feedback, being able to really listen or perceive places that we could actually slow down and do things differently. I experienced limited creativity in our organizations and felt loneliness and competition within our movement. I saw people attack each other and organize behind one another's backs. And I believe that we can do differently. And I'm also here not just because of that witnessing and experiencing of pain, but also because I have found some amazing freedom tools in my healing community as a trauma-informed yoga instructor, a somatic student, in my past faith communities, and I've also seen those spaces detach themselves from the suffering that we can and must do something about in our world now, practically, really. And so I think of this thing that um, Mickey Scott Bay Jones has said, which is that healing justice is where personal and social transformation meet. And that can't happen by yourself. And so I'm also, also, also here 
because I have known such beautiful and incredible and fierce leaders to be so deeply and thoroughly tired, to have so much physical pain and emotional trauma and become less and less able to build trusting, resilient, vibrant, joyful organizations and movements that look and feel and taste like the liberation that we're fighting for. I've heard people that I look up to say, I had so much joy before I entered the movement, or I am so exhausted to be doing the work that I supposedly love. And I need these superpowers of healing and justice work to be combined for us to be real about our commitment to freedom. I need community that is joining me in that commitment. Like Mickey says, that cannot happen by yourself. And so that brings me to this moment of starting a podcast, which might sound kind of random, but this past year I've been in discernment about what is an offering that could help build out the infrastructure and resilience of our movements in these times. It is no coincidence that we officially launched this podcast on November 9th, 2017 exactly one year after what was one of the most viscerally fearful, depressing, rageful, numbed out days uh, that I can remember, which was the day after the 2016 election last year. I remember being on the subway in Brooklyn last year on this day, getting calls from some of my family in Wisconsin and Minnesota to share our grief and also not getting calls from other members of my family who knew better than to call me to celebrate. And so over the past 10 years, and especially over this last year, I have, and I'm sure that many of you have, really been in inquiry about how we can best show up right now to struggle to create the world that we need. We need to boldly confront, to transform, to create alternatives, and deeply challenge the forces that are sending us into climate chaos, the voices that are affirming and enacting racism, sexism, homophobia, ableism, ageism, and more, the forces that are separating us from one another and feeding us the lie that we can survive on our own and that we don't need each other. And so as we work to dismantle those efforts and build something beautiful and interdependent and free and true to replace it, we need a place where we can come and get filled up too. To ask big questions and wrestle with the work that we're doing and how we're showing up. To believe big that doing this work can feel different, can be sustainable, And I have met so many incredible organizers building deeply restorative and resilient culture in their organizations and movements, and also politicized healers that understand their work with trauma, physical wellness, emotional well-being, and mental health as critical and central to sustaining the kinds of movements that we need. And we just need their brilliance to guide us. I mean, there's so many of these conversations that I have Uh, had the honor of having access to that I just, I want to record them and share them (laughs) um, so that we can share more of these perspectives and lessons and stories uh, and practice ideas um, with more people. 
right? Because a lot of us need the support. And so you, my dear friend, are included in this vision of liberation. Whether you are a newly engaged community member that is finding some of the words that I'm saying not that relatable or you don't know necessarily the definitions, you are welcome here. Um, If you see yourself as an activist or organizer as a big part of your identity, you are welcome here. Um, And maybe you see yourself more as a healer or a therapist um, or a supporter of people but are becoming increasingly called to take action as you see what's happening in our world and are grappling with that. So however you are coming, this space is for you. It's a place where we're having conversations about things like conflict in our groups, things like sustaining ourselves spiritually and emotionally in the work, how trauma shows up in our bodies and what we can do to process that, We're going to be talking about rage and anger that is justified and healthy and also how to move with it in a productive way and not attack one another in our movements, but stay focused on the world that we're building together. We'll be talking with folks who are doing an amazing job building healthy, vibrant culture in their organizations and movements that is the ingredient that makes organizing strategy resilient and effective. We will be talking about people of color-led, women-led, LGBTQ and trans-led healing spaces and the ways that healers are politicizing their work to serve and convene the people who need it most and how that is not separate from the political work that we're doing. And so as part of my practice, I remind myself to remember the support that exists for me and for the work that I'm doing as a way of reminding myself that individualism and the idea that the burden of my own survival and the survival of humanity is not mine alone to bear, but is a shared burden. Um, I remember support. And so I want to name uh, my co-collaborators, both out in the real world, experimenting with supporting folks around uh, trauma and resilience in social justice and activist spaces, um, and co-collaborators, supporters on this project, Shauna Wakefield in Brooklyn, New York, and Teresa Pasquale Mateus in Chicago, Illinois. And you'll get to hear uh, us three talking together in the next episode. I want to thank the first guests who said yes and were excited to tell their stories and share practices. You can check out uh, some of those beautiful folks on the website at healingjustice.org. And I want to thank all of those along the way who have taken up volunteer roles or just resoundingly affirmed the need for this work. Reverend Jen Bailey at Faith Matters, folks from Cosecha and If Not Now, the Momentum Organizing Community, Third Root Community Health Center, uh, where I teach and practice myself, Um, Casper Turkile and the How We Gather team, and so many more folks along the way. Your support is the reason why um, anything is possible. And so also in the spirit of this being a practice space, um, 
I want to make some commitments to you about how liberation will be experienced as a practice, even in this project. And so starting there, I want to own the fact that I am a white woman. I am white, cisgendered. I grew up middle class. I'm able-bodied. I am deeply in touch with my tendency as a woman to make myself small. The cost of white supremacy in my own body and behavior, the way that it shows up for me as tension, headaches, anxiety, a need to control, the cost of uh, the lack of connection to my own family history and ancestry from my German lineage that contributes to a sense of placelessness and instability. Um, I am owning the ways that those factors show up for me and create um, pain and inadequacy both in myself and in uh, the way I'm able to show up for others. You will definitely hear assumptions in my words throughout this project that are coming from a place of my background, middle class, white, able-bodied, that I am working to unlearn and include broader and broader love and inclusivity in the way that I be and work in the world. And through this project, you will hear me aspiring to grow in that journey. As we do work for collective healing and social change across lines of identity, showing up as a white person carries risks of enacting co-optation or ignorance in the ways that need to be constantly examined. That has been an extremely true process of this project and is ongoing. Uh, There have been many conversations that will continue, and it will be iterative and in progress. And I want to make a couple commitments to you about exactly what that accountability looks like. So a first point of that accountability is a commitment to be in ecology, to be in an ecosystem that this place, this project, is one piece of what we hope is an increasingly vibrant ecosystem of folks at the intersection of healing and justice work. And so some of the ways that we'll look in this project is by amplifying stories from many different places and voices. It will look like mapping out a lot of the places and perspectives of how this work is happening on our website, sharing and amplifying the history as we learn it and as more stories come forward, Um, sharing and celebrating what is going on with our siblings in this work. Another commitment is around mobilizing privilege. So mobilizing some of the things that I mentioned that I have at my back supporting me, mobilizing those things for the growth of this work. Um, A couple ways that is happening already is that uh, my partner, Josiah, has uh, is a graphic designer and has contributed immensely to um, the upstart of this project. A lot, any of the imagery that you see is because of his volunteer time. Um, he also is taking on uh, certain jobs right now that he otherwise wouldn't have to bring more financial support so that I can dedicate volunteer time to create this project. Um, folks like Zach Meyer and Danny O'Brien are contributing technical skills or have donated music 
Um, and my aspiration is to mobilize that privilege and those connections um, as much for the greater good of the healing justice ecology as possible. Another commitment is around transparency. And so there's a commitment here to do a quarterly blog about the evolution and accountability of this podcast project. Uh, Susan Raffo put it to me this way, to have a conversation about the body as the body emerges. Uh, there's a question that really impacted me in uh, working with Yardena Peacock on Liberation School this past year, which is that Yardena asked us, how is oppression showing up in this project? And I really appreciated the acknowledgement there that um, it's not a question of if oppression or injustice will show up in our spaces, in our actions, in ourselves, but is a question of how. <laughs> um, and so there's a, a commitment here to practicing transparency around um, a quarterly reflection of how has oppression um, shown up also here, even in a space that is aspiring to be differently. Um, I'm making a commitment to you to be in accountability and seeking guidance from spiritual advisors and having regular conversations with folks who do this work who are my elders. And finally, I'm committing to asking for and celebrating support, to not fronting that I or that uh, the small team that Shauna, Teresa, and I can do this alone. But to be honest about what is actually needed and to be openly grateful for the ways that this project is supported far beyond our own efforts. Um, I'm committing to you to bring my own vulnerability to this process. And so in the spirit of those commitments, I also want to invite you in. There is already an unending list of conversations that I am so excited to have and share with you. And I also need to know what you want to hear about. So there's a way that we can actually hear from you. You can let us know at healingjustice.org. There's a form there where you can share your voice and share your input. What teachers do you want to hear? Who are leaders and practitioners that you love? What questions do you have deep in your being as you hustle for change? We want this to be a resource for you. And so please let us know so that we can share this mic as broadly as is possible. It has already traveled uh, to New York, to Pennsylvania, to Wisconsin, to Minnesota, to Illinois, to Tennessee. <laughs> Um, and folks have already been recorded from many more states, um, even including Mexico City. And we want this mic to truly be shared um, far and wide. We want to hear about the stories of both the victories and innovations and incredible resilience that y'all have experienced. And also the stories of challenge and deep grappling with how to show up for this work and show up for ourselves our, in our communities at the same time. So I'm so excited that you've come here and we will be learning a lot together. So if this resource intrigues you, if it sounds like it will be useful, 
take a moment now and join us in its sustainability. And this sounds like it's gonna be a fundraising pitch, but it's not. So open up your phone and right now go to Healing Justice Podcast and hit subscribe. We also need your ratings and reviews. So there's a couple things in iTunes specifically, but on whatever platform you're listening, that will actually determine the reach and uh, the ability for people to find this podcast over the long term if it's a resource that they need. And it involves how many people download and subscribe and how many folks give a high rating and a positive review. And so I want to ask you right now, why not go ahead and give a five-star rating um, as a means of letting us know that you want to hear where this goes. Um, Give a positive review, make sure that you subscribe and download. And these numbers really, really matter. It will help determine our potential for the project to continue. And so thank you for participating in that very practical support. There's one more thing I want to share with you, which is an incredible poem from Nayira Wahid. You do not have to be a fire for every mountain blocking you. You could be a water and soft river your way to freedom, too. Options. So just as the title of that poem, for me, this work is about creating options. Options for ourselves, for those we love, options for those who are most marginalized in our world to live free, free, free. Options to pick the best tools that bring us to greater liberation and to use them together. And may this podcast be just one of those tools. Thanks for joining us. You can learn more about upcoming conversations and sign up to stay in touch at healingjustice.org. Follow us on Instagram at healingjustice or like Healing Justice Podcast on Facebook. This podcast is generously mixed and produced by Zach Meyer at The Coal Room. And the intro and closing music was gifted by Danny O'Brien. Remember, please subscribe, rate, and review to help us continue. All right, y'all, let's do this. Let's see what we build together.